Hey, Angelo Santiago here. Before we get started, I want to invite you to the first We Are The Men free online workshop called Three Steps to Nurturing Relationship Through Masculine Leadership. It's going to be Tuesday, February 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Join us at wearethemen.com slash workshop. Excited to see you there. Now on with the show. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Angelo Santiago, and this is the We Are The Men podcast, a show that is dedicated to sharing the stories of men who are all connected by a commitment to having a positive impact on the world through the actions they take in their own lives. My guest today is Dr. Jonathan Brightboard. He's a urologist, an integrative physician, and also a men's lifestyle expert. He helps men do the inner work required to turn their lives and their bodies around. He's a devoted husband and a father of three young kids. He's also a dear friend of mine, somebody who our wives have known each other for some times. We've started our journey on this massive transformational experience in our own lives kind of around the same time through the same paths and explored it all at times separately and at times together and it always feels really good to be in the same space with you jonathan and excited to have this conversation with you thank you for being here it's an honor and a pleasure uh, thank you so much for having me i'm stoked yeah to kind of think about where we started and our disparate lives in the bay area now to here we are very few short years later it's pretty awesome so yeah stoked to be yeah. here it's been, been quite the ride, uh, you know, ups and downs. And it's cool because you and I, for a while, it's like I knew of you and then I knew what you were doing and I think you knew what I was doing. And then we finally met for the first time in person. Then we kind of came apart and came back together and apart and came back together. And, you know, as I reflect on that, the beautiful thing of developing these friendships on these journeys of brotherhood and of these challenging times, these vulnerable experiences, it's like you can meet somebody and have some real deep connection, go yeah. away, live your lives, maybe not connect for a little while and come back together. And it's like a beautiful experience. So, so that's something that I reflect on of just you and so many other men that I've met along the way. Oh, for sure. And what is remarkable about the spaces that we enter, both as participants and leaders, is that vulnerability that we're able to cultivate and create both with each other and in those communities. You reconnect in such a deep way. You get past all the surface bullshit stuff and you're able to really sink into what's true and what's real. And I think that sustains friendships much greater than the like every day or every week superficial conversations that so many men unfortunately exist on that's their plane that's their level of interaction and there's so much more depth and richness that can be held when you have that vulnerability underneath so it's awesome to be here yeah let's start going there because it's been a while since we chatted it's been a while since we saw each other and you know these conversations these interviews i do for the podcast they're beautiful to share with other men who are listening and other women who are listening but for me it's always like oh i get to catch up with men who i i care about <laughs> and i love and i get to hear what's been going on in their lives and and hear a little bit more about their stories and so let's start with right now 
my question that I always like to start off with is as we go through life and these journeys, we go through different seasons. Um, just like the seasons change, we change and different things come to our awareness, comes to our calling to take the right next steps. For you, currently right now, you look around, what season of life do you find yourself in? How would you describe it? Mm, it's a great intro question. Hmm. I think for me, I would reflect on something that I called into kind of existence in December, kind of to close out 2023. And it's really kind of carried me through into the start of this year. And it's really around action. So I went through a period of time where I was very much not in action around my life, letting kind of life happen to me. And that kind of spurred a lot of my own getting into this work, which we can get into. But oftentimes, at least my own experience, right? I like took these like massive actions, massive changes, and life shifted for me pretty dramatically. And by no means then did I did coast, but I kind of like, all right, I feel good about how much change I've been able to create. Like the relationships became so much more potent. My marriage with Sarah became like really everything that I wanted, but I was not looking a lot in my professional life and that was still kind of happening to me. And so what's going on right now with me in my life is really around getting in action and being in movement around my professional life as a physician. You know, I've been dealing with some challenging stuff in my office for the last really year to two, yeah, a year and a half or so. And that's like totally shifted. I am like in action around that. I'm moving offices. I'm kind of getting out of kind of, for lack of a better word, like a kind of a toxic environment where I'm currently at. And I had to like own my own part of that and my own kind of like just sitting in the muck of it. And it's like, all right, the word for December to close out the year was like getting out of there and kind of taking action steps for that. And then now it's like, I'm constantly challenged to be like, all right, are you really going to do that? And are you really going to hold to what you say you're going to do as people are challenging me? Like, why are you doing this? And, you know, you know, you know, the risk you're taking in leaving offices and, you know, I'm not changing careers. I'm literally just moving offices 15 minutes away. But for me, it has felt like this massive, like, here I am, I'm taking up more space than I ever have before. I have the opportunity to really kind of step into the type of medicine that I want to do, the type of patient interactions I want to do and create a practice that is truly reflective of me and my perspective on men's health and medicine and not just going along with what I had been doing for the last five years. So the season is about movement and action as much as it's like the winter and cold and everybody's like hibernating. And especially in the Northeast, it's like, I am like action and movement and moving things forward. So it feels really great and challenging to keep that going, which is a great lesson for myself. Yeah. And I want to follow two threads on this one for yourself, just describe, you know, going through the, like you described it, the muck and also coming to own everything of your part of it, you know, all this stuff you, you faced yourself and you found yourself now on the other side of this, of where you're like, okay, time to take action, time to follow my vision, how I want to create things, how I want to lead, how I want to be a doctor. What's the feeling on the other side of going through all that muck? Like, how does it feel now in terms of your just readiness to take all this action? Yeah. You know, it feels amazing 
to have gone through and had the hard conversations about it. And what's fascinating and like, I intellectually knew this, right? It wasn't going to be as hard as I thought it was going to be, but like emotionally, it felt so hard to step out, to break out of like, especially like the medicine dogma pack that like I have been a part of for the better part of 15 years to like, oh, I can do something different. And on the other side of that, it feels very liberating. It feels exhilarating to kind of see much more clearly where not only where I want to take it, but like the action steps I'm I'm in motion to get there, as opposed to just kind of having it be like a, not a pipe dream, but like, oh, if someday I'll do that, right? Someday yeah. I'll get there. And I think for me, right, I'm very much a part of like, you are responsible for the reality you create, right? Like Kevin Walton teaches this. It's like, I'm like soaked this up to my core. And like, that has been a huge lesson for me to like actually own my reality and say, okay, like once I can own that, once I'm able to like see that like, yes, these were decisions that I made and this is my reality. I'm able to shift out of that muck of just the stagnation and be able to really experience what it feels like to move and progress in a really substantive way. So it's like you own the piece that, you know, you're a part of it. And once you can own that and acknowledge that, then you can get into action around it. And until I did that, I was always, things were happening to me, not I was happening to my life. And I think especially as physicians, we just get on this track, right? We get on this cycle of, I imagine same thing in the firefighter department, right? Like, you know what you're supposed to do and things kind of just keep evolving and happening for you. And before you know it, you get to a point like, oh shit, is this really what's going on in my life? Yeah. And you have to stop and take stock of it. And some of it's good, some of it's bad, maybe more of it's good or bad, but until you can acknowledge and own that, there's no way you can get into action around change. Yeah, I love that. And the, it's, you know, it's so funny. The more and more we talk and I hear about your story, not only what you're going through now, but where your past has been, it's like I see the parallels and you touched on it a little bit. My career as a firefighter, before I was a firefighter, I was an engineer, right? I went to school and became an engineer and started working that and then kind of went that path. And and then I was like, no, this is miserable. I want to do something else. And then I went <laughs> to firefighting and I did that for 10 years and loved it. Absolutely. But then life changed around me, right? My son yeah. was born. My marriage was in a rocky place and I was in a, in a bad place. And, and I saw those connections and I had to make a drastic change and I had to take yeah. action, which is what you talked about. And it took a lot of like inward before I tried to change the external, I had to yeah. change the internal, not change oh, it, sure. but just acknowledge it and see it. And so yeah. let's talk to the men who are maybe listening, who feel like somewhat stuck in something, mm. right? Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's feeling like their best days are behind them and they're just going through the routine of life. When I work with men, I like to do this practice that it's allowing time to pass without taking any action and looking mm. back at yourself and seeing what is that future you want to say to you now? And you just go for another five years and another five years and another five years until you're at your deathbed and you've taken no action and you look back, what is that older version of you want to say to the you right now? And what does the you right now want to do in response to that? So mm. for you that you've gotten yourself to this point of taking action, 
What do you want to say or maybe just voice out for the, someone who's listening who who does feel stuck that doesn't feel like it, it's an option for them or they're scared or they're worried and all these feelings are coming up that they're unsure about their next move? Yeah, I mean, oof, goosebumps because it feels, you know, that sense of paralysis, that sense of overwhelm feels so real because in lots of ways, right? Like that's what our system believes to be true, right? Like that's how I believed my life was. Like I was totally overwhelmed, totally stuck. And I think looking back on it now, it's like, I would tell myself like, it is so hard to get started, but once you get started, it's starting like trust the process, right? The yeah. visual that I always come back to and it's like, I'm in this river and I'm floating. And for a while, right, I had like sticks stuck in the mud, like trying to resist like the movement down the river because it just felt easier to do that. And then I tried to like pick up the sticks and like let the river flow, but I like grab onto the riverbanks to hold on. And now I'm like, all right, no, like let's just fucking go because life becomes so much more fun when you can let go of the size of the riverbank and just let it flow. It is terrifying to let go. And it is the best decision you can make is just to let go of the overwhelm and the fear that is keeping you stuck. It kept me stuck for years, you know, and like my life was literally, like you said, like for yours too. I mean, you know, my life was falling apart around me and I like realized that I could either keep holding on to feeling stuck and feeling paralyzed, or I can make a shift and make a change. Like I had changed lots of other stuff outside, right? You talk about the external world, right? I had like finally gone through all of my different like training processes and medical school and residency and now is an attending. So I had done all this external change and work, but like I had never really worked on myself to be able then to like say, oh, what is it that I actually want? What is it that I actually want to experience and how do I want to experience that? And it has been like so impactful just to start letting go of the riverbed to just start flowing down. Yeah. So let's go back to that Jonathan that was in that river trying to hold on with the sticks in in the muck, just mm. trying to see if they could fight the current. Take us back a little bit. And as much as you feel called to share of what life was like for you before you started doing this work, before you stepped into seeing yourself in a different way, and then touch on a little bit, like what happened? What was the catalyst for change? Yeah. So, you know, I think for me, I kind of fell into the the trap and the pattern of like, oh, well, the next accomplishment, the next threshold I get, like then things will be different, right? Like when I finish medical school, I'll feel better. When I finish my residency and training, then things will be different. And after five years of med school and six years of residency, so 11 years, I had finally gotten there and I looked around, I was like, fuck, like this is it. And like, I wasn't happy I wasn't in shape. Sarah and I were fighting all the time. I had two young kids with a third on the way and I was feeling totally overwhelmed in my life and not really living it and not really present to my relationship with Sarah as a father. Like my kids were annoying me all the time. I had no capacity for them whatsoever. 
And I was just like an asshole. And that wasn't me, right? Like I never really thought of myself that way. I've always been like a nice, and like I was nice on the outside, but like internally I was just stewing all the time. And it would come out in like really maladaptive ways, right? I was drinking too much. You know, I would like explode at Sarah for random shit. It's never about the things you explode about, right? It's all the under undercurrent stuff that's been going on. And like, I was an asshole. And I, the, the real catalyst, I had kind of two major things. I kind of had what I would consider like a mental breakdown. I was never hospitalized or anything like that. Never suicidal, but like I had a panic attack where I realized that like, shit, like this is my life and I am not happy. And it was really in that moment that, you know, Sarah doing the work that she does, my wife's a priestess and does energy work. And she was able to kind of calm me down and ground me. And I like, you know, she like called my partner and like, I didn't go into work the next day, which I, I don't remember the last time I missed like a day in the office seeing patients. And I just took some time for myself for the first time. And I started to kind of begin to listen to what I wanted. And I signed up for Sacred Sons Retreat. I mean, that was like, I something needed to shift. And that was my first really experience into this life, into this world was through Sacred Sons. And the transformation that I experienced in one weekend was mind-blowing. And I was able to... I think then really see how much of my part of myself I had turned off and it was an incredible weekend. And I came back and I was like, all right, I'm on this path. I'm going to do this stuff and do the work. And it felt really great for a period of time. Then I slipped back. I slipped back because the world around me hadn't changed. I had started to change, but nothing else had changed, right? My job was still the same. You know, my interactions with everybody was still the same. And, you know, Sarah and I got a little bit better, but I still wasn't what I would consider like my fullest version of myself. And I'm still working on that aspect of it. But I had this, we had this moment, Sarah and I had this like really big fight. And I was just, again, like back in those asshole patterns again and, and short and no patience and not able to hold her, not able to ground. And she was going to take the kids for the weekend to her parents' place. Cause I was on call for the weekend and so she was like, you need to figure out which version of yourself you're going to be. So she left for the weekend mm -hmm. and I got this like, oh my God moment. I was at my house that we had like worked it so hard to be at. Like, right. We stretched ourselves financially to afford this incredible house and this property. And I was all alone and my kids were gone. Sarah was gone. I was like, holy fuck. I felt a taste of what it would be like to see everything start crumbling and have nothing left there. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. And so, ooh, get goosebumps, get goosebumps yeah, talking me about Me too, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think, you know, at least for me personally, I, that was, I needed a little bit of like external pressure and not, I don't say motivation because I think I needed external pressure and the belief and the real life consequences that my actions or inactions, right, would have led to not being who I truly am, right? Not stepping into personal growth and men's work really fully what my life could eventually turn out to be. And I committed that day. I was like, or that weekend, I was like, nope, I'm in. 
And since then it's been like a fucking rocket ship. <laughs> and so that's like, you know, those hands are coming off the riverbank and like, here we go. And, you know, obviously life is up and down, has its twists and turns and, you know, but the father I am now to my three kids and the husband I am to Sarah and the man I am to myself, most importantly, is like so different than it was even three years ago. So when you get aligned, rapid change happens really fast. Yeah. And that rocket ship is fueled by so much, like both that internal desire to be the man that you know you have the capacity to be, but also not to be the man that you view as like, oh man, here I am all alone. I yeah. lost everything. Oh. Right. Yep. Like my prayer in this work that I do, that I know it seems like you would likely share this prayer is that. I don't want to see men get to the point of hitting that rock bottom, hitting that level where their lives fall apart and have that be the catalyst that brings them into doing the work. Like if, if these men can come in and actually connect with the work before things fall apart, that's my prayer. So with that, with, with all that experience that you had, with what you witnessed of the the pain that you were in, the struggle you were in, the, the really facing yourself and realizing like, man, this is what my life could be like if I don't do anything or if I stay the same versus yes. this is what my life could be like if I commit and I do all the things that I know I need to do to get myself right, to become that better father, to become that better husband, which is the path that you took. Talk a little bit about like in that experience and, and also with all the other life experience that you've had, what has been your calling that you found that you feel like you want to bring to other men that you want to awesome. invite them into and share with them so maybe that they can have their own experience that will mm. kind of follow a trajectory that's meant for them, but ultimately is for them to become better fathers, better husbands, better men. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think, you know, the one thing that I'll say about it is like, I didn't know what that path looked like. Right. I didn't know, you know, okay. Right. I mean, I, I'm an athlete, doctor, surgeon, like we like used to like things kind of moving forward in like a linear stepwise fashion. And like the path is kind of laid out in front of us. I imagine the same thing as an engineer, right? So like getting off of that, I had to become okay and uncomfortable, not knowing always what the next step is going to be, but trusting, learning to trust myself. That like I have, as long as I keep walking and keep moving forward, it will continue to unfold. Yeah. Right. And so for me, from that first sacred son's experience is like, okay, what's the next thing I can do? Right. And that was like signing up for the leadership experience. Okay, great. That felt good. What's the next step for me? I mean, it was kind of continuing to go down that path and that route, which you know, I was working with a coach at the time and going through like sacred sun stuff. Like I never worked with the coach before. So like, great, let's try this. Right. I had done therapy when my parents got divorced. I went through therapy, Sarah and I, like by the saving grace, like we did some marriage therapy together when we were in San Francisco when things were really bad. And so I started back working with him. And so I just started like kind of pulling some of these resources that I thought would be helpful. And as I was working with the leadership stuff at Sacred Sons and my therapist and a coach, I started to look for like the support of other professional men kind of doing some of this work. And I kind of had, I had a hard time to be perfectly honest, right? I mean, I resonated with some of the men at Sacred Sons from like outside of the experience, but not everybody. And so 
it really led me to try to think and distill for my own self, like, okay, like as a physician, as a professional man, like, what is it that like I am really doing on a daily basis to help support myself? What have I really shifted and how have I shifted that? And so through kind of like that own self-reflection, I ended up when you kind of create what you need to experience yourself, right? So like I look back and I kind of, I created a course, an online course for men to then go through. There was really a, a reflection of my own journey, my own experience of what I went through and what I do on a daily basis, right? Which was like movement and breath work to help ground myself. And then I can move myself through the day. And so I created this course called Men's Work, Inner Work for Professional Men. And it's a six-week course that helps men understand their overwhelm, find their integrity gaps, create a vision for their life. And then it's like practices that support kind of bringing those things into existence and recognizing how you want to be a better husband, how you want to be a better father. What does it look like to create a career that brings you meaning, create friendships and adventure in your life that's going to kind of push you outside of your comfort zone. It was all things that I either experienced and or wanted to continue to experience. And it's been a really powerful way for me to, you know, stay really engaged in the work and like, all right, if I'm going to lead this course, we last round, we had over a hundred guys and it was just absolutely wild. Like I have to keep living this way to be in integrity with teaching this because the thing that I know you and men who are really in this work, like we know when teachers or coaches or whatever are out of integrity with this stuff. And I think there's nothing more off-putting than someone who like speaks one way and like acts totally differently because it doesn't hold up. And I think men who are discerning can see through that. So it has really enabled and forced me to continue to walk this path and be the highest version of myself. And I tell guys in my program all the time, like, it's not about perfection. It's about just course correction, right? It's like, you're going to fuck up. You're going to mess up. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. But how can you recognize it within a day, two days, three days, as opposed to like what used to be for me a month, three months and like, fuck, now we have to do all this repair work. How do we kind of bring these back into alignment on a faster basis? So um, it's been really powerful for me to witness, you know, the changes that men can go through in a relatively short time by bringing things back into alignment in their lives. So it's been really, really beautiful to witness. Love it. And I want to talk about a little bit when you talk about that perfection piece, right? Mm. For me, I feel it, man. It's about progress, not perfection. Uh, It's about knowing when you stumble that you haven't fallen back so far that you can't get yourself up and keep taking the next step and to know when to reach out, when to put that hand out and be like, you know what, for this big next step, like I need some support. I need some help. I need other guys. I need someone to talk to, whether it's, it's a coach, a friend, a family member, a mentor. That's the invitation to all this work that we do is that it's not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be done in this, this collective experience. And so, yeah. What do you want to say to that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's in not to beat yourself up, right? I think so many men are hard on themselves when we fuck up, right? It's like, oh, fuck, there it is again, right? That voice in the in our head is like, oh, yep, see, you messed up again. And it's like, you can acknowledge it, but then you have to shift and move, right? And so 
not giving that voice so much power that like not staying in like the, oh, I messed up again. Oh, here it is again. Oh, here we go again. Because then that just becomes this like self-defeating track that just gets played over and over and it just keeps us stuck. And so the more that you can reach out and, and like own your mistakes own when you mess up, but like have somebody be like, Hey, look, okay, you messed up. That's right. Let's get back to what is actually working for you and acknowledging that has been really, really helpful. Yeah. And that voice in your head, that voice in your head, that's telling you like, Oh, I screwed up. I'm not good enough. I messed this up. I'm never going to fix this. That's not your voice. That's not your voice. As a father, I know that my four-year-old son, when he kind of does something that he isn't super happy with himself, like maybe he's playing with a toy and it breaks or he's building a tower and it falls down. Like, yeah, he gets sad about it, but he's not telling himself that like, oh, I screwed this up, right? Like that gets learned. And so as men, we got to look at like, where did this voice come from? And whose voice is this? And how can I let go of this voice so that I can listen to the voice that is mine that's telling me like, hey, you can do better. You can do more. You're amazing. You're incredible. Look at these amazing things that you have accomplished and look at the people around you who love you. Something that someone said to me, my brother Neil said to me that has always stuck with me since the moment he said it. And he said, you know, my prayer for you is that you see yourself in the way that we see you. Mm. And like, that's such a powerful thing to just allow yourself to be loved by yourself, you know, to allow yourself to see your accomplishments and your growth and not just get so focused on maybe that thing that you messed up on. You said the wrong thing. You you broke something. It's not a big deal. It's, let's learn from our experience, from our quote unquote mistakes, if you want to call them that. But another thing I learned as, as an engineer in school was this motto of fail early and fail often right? Because through these failures, like one, you're getting rid of this idea that failure is a bad thing, but in in going through the failures and looking back on them and learning from them and using that as teaching experiences, that's how we grow. That's how we expand our capacity for more. I love that. And something, you know, you touched on the community aspect of this, right? And like how Neil wanted you to see yourself the way he sees you. I think that's one of the most powerful things about getting groups of men together in this way is for that self-reflection because like how often do you sit with another person who can see you in that way, right? right? Like we don't have those experiences often, especially as men, we don't put ourselves in those situations very often to have that reflection, to have somebody say, I see you for who you truly are as I see you, right? Right. Without all the baggage and the stories and the chatter in your head, right? You know, for the men who are listening, who haven't experienced that, like you gotta experience it because once you do, you will feel different about yourself, right? You, it's not like a compliment wet blanket, right? It's not about that. It's about having somebody see you for who you, your essence and what you're, projecting to the world, which is oftentimes very different than how you see yourself. And this, that, how you see yourself has been what's been reinforced over years and years and years. So having some stranger be able to get to your essence and core, man, talk about like cracking you open. Like that shit is powerful stuff. Yeah. So. And we develop this level of friendship and this level of depth with other men, right? It's not about like just buttering each other up and be like, oh man, you're amazing. You're, you're, you're everything you're doing is good. Don't worry about it. It's also having that moment where I can look you in the eye and be like, dude, you did fuck this one up. 
Like, and my question to you is, what are you going to do about it? How can I support you if you need that? But what are you going to do about this to make this right? Right. And so there's that love. And then there's that sharpening that also happens in relationship as men for each other, because that's what we need. That's what I need. I know that for sure. Hell yeah. And I think all men need it. Most men don't realize they need it until they actually have it. And then it's like, okay, where do I get more of this? Right? Like if you're able to get to that level of vulnerability and openness, how do you get more of that? So, so let's start looking at how we bring this beautiful conversation, sadly to a close, but knowing that, you know, more (laughs) of these conversations will come up, uh, you know, and I would love to have you back here later in the year, see how 2024 is shaped out for you, how the seasons have changed, how the moment Mm. of action for you has led you to whatever beautiful new experience is coming for you. I want to leave you with just maybe talk to the men that listen to what you're sharing about this opportunity for professional men, you know, professional Mm -hmm. men who maybe feel stuck, who maybe feel they don't have the time to do this. Maybe they feel like, oh, I see all these men's circles and men's group out there and it's not for me. It's not my style. And I I felt that too when, before I stepped into it and that's totally okay. But if they find something that's right for them, like what you're offering, like what's the invitation for them to trust? Like you talked about trust and surrender a little bit and and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think, for the men out there who want to experience or whatever they're going through right now, they are looking for something different. Right. And I think oftentimes I get asked questions like, Oh, what book should I read? Or like, what podcast should I just listen to? And I think there's a lot of value in reading books and listening to podcasts and conversations and people talking about this. And I think there's something really powerful about taking a deeper step and trying something different, right? So are you, you know, going to passively engage in it with a book or an audio thing, or are you going to actively engage into this work in a different way? And I think the course that I created, it's meant to be, you don't have to go away for a week on a solo journey into the mountains or into the woods. Like those opportunities exist and I, they are incredibly powerful, But my course is designed and this work that I have tried to kind of make my own version of is designed to fit into your life and be directly applied to your life, right? It's like it's theories and it's concepts and it's principles, but then how does it apply to your everyday life as a husband, as a father, as a man, as a brother, as a friend? And so my invitation to the men who are interested in this work, but don't really quite know how to get into it is to check out the program, check out the course, because it's approachable, it's digestible, and it's super powerful and has the really the ability to make a huge impact in your life that otherwise might take you three books to read or it might take you four books to read. And you're going to get some of that information, but being in a container of men that's going to hold you accountable for six weeks and, and you can experience and feel the actual change and growth that you can, can experience within that period of time and how does it carry through? So, yeah. So let's talk about how they find a way to connect with you. If somebody's interested, they like what you shared about not only this program, but maybe your story, they really relate to it, resonates with them. Maybe they're stuck in a place that you have been in the past and Mm. and just want a little bit of support. How can anyone listening right now connect with you, Jonathan, learn more about you personally and also about your program? Yeah, thanks. So you can check out my website, which is jonathanbrightboard.com. We'll hopefully put a little link in there because spelling Jonathan Brightboard is like the longest website of all time. 
I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Jonathan Breitboard. So you can definitely follow me there. I post content there on LinkedIn as well too. So kind of posting longer stuff on LinkedIn for professional men there who are struggling with all the weight and pressures of what it means to hold a professional career and be a father and be a dad and a husband. It's all there. So I would say, you know, website, you can touch with me there, social media on Instagram and then LinkedIn as another place to find my stuff. So. All right. Great, Jonathan. I will have all that in the show notes. So if you're interested, just scroll down into the notes and you can find your way to connect with Dr. Jonathan Brightport. Oh, man. Thank uh, you so much for this conversation. It was awesome. I, I love being with you and it's great to connect. I really yeah. It. Yeah. Likewise, it's the smile on my face feels great. It feels so good to hear more of your story, more about what you're doing, the season of life you're in and all the things that are, are yet to come for you. So I'm excited to, to come back, circle back around this conversation and have you back on the show. But before we say goodbye, I want to invite you in, as I do with all my guests, a little bit of a visualization to see what mm. these last little words that may come through you to you and ultimately to the listeners here so if you're listening feel free to join us and see what words come to you so jonathan you find yourself on an open field thousands of men are with you and you are about to address the world you begin to speak and i want you to finish this sentence mm. we are the men who we have been waiting for. We are the men we have been waiting for. Thank you, Dr. Jonathan Brightboard. Thank you, all of you who have been listening to the show from the, whether you've been doing it since the beginning or this is the first episode. I just want to say my gratitude to you. Thank you for tuning into the We Are The Men podcast. We Are The Men is a global movement, and I want to invite you, the listener, to be a part of it. Go to wearethemen.com to sign up for our mailing list and learn how you can get involved. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to rate and follow this podcast to help us reach more listeners. All of us know men who could benefit from hearing this conversation and engaging with our community. Please share this podcast today with someone you know. I'm Angelo Santiago, and we are the men.